The buzz coming from the palace this week is all about the parting ball. High houses from all over Norda will gather to celebrate the royal family returning to Archeon after vacationing in Somerton. Catch glimpses of the princes and their new princesses and all the stunning colors. Stay tuned here for all the latest gossip. I'm Greg Rockefeller. I'm Beth Rockefeller. And I'm Mia Rockefeller. And this is Reading with the Rockefellers, a family book club podcast. Today we are discussing Red Queen by Victoria Aveyard. So grab a copy and join us on this literary journey. Security patrols my hallway in roving pairs, but with Maven on my arm, they don't stop me. Even though it's night, long past when I should be in bed, no one says a word. No one crosses a prince. Where he's heading now, I don't know, but he promised he would get me there. Home. Welcome to Reading with the Rockefellers. This is Red Queen, Chapter 14. So we've got Maven promising to take Mare home to get her home. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? Well, the way she describes it in her head here, he's like her white knight. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. I only made one note for the beginning of this section where she's talking about how she feels about Maven for promising to get her home. Mare, girl, like five pages ago, she was talking about how you can't trust Alara's son, yeah. you can't turn your back on a snake, you can't let your guard down for a minute, and now she's like, he's kind of nice. <laughs> so, like, he's taking me home, though. He made me a promise. <laughs> and it's just, it, it made me think, like. But she's 17. Right. That's not true. to get too serious, like, right yeah. at the top of the episode. But she's a 17-year-old girl who is in this situation. She knows she's going to have to marry this dude, whether she wants to or not. So she's trying to, it kind of feels to me like she's trying to find a a place where she can have some sort of affection mm-hmm. to grow for him. Because she is going to have to yeah. theoretically spend the rest of her life with him. Like, they're both going to be in an impossible situation. That neither one of them want to be in. Mm-hmm. So, like, you might as well make the best of it, I guess. Like, yeah. try to see some sort of silver lining. Mare's not really a silver lining kind of girl, though. No. So that's why this seemed very out of character to for Mare to me. I think it's just she doesn't want to make this any worse on herself. Like, she doesn't want to make this situation any less enjoyable, so she's trying to find ways to make it more enjoyable by at least somewhat trusting Maven. She's also kind of had her view of Silver's turned upside down in just, like, the last, what, week? I mean, two weeks? How long has it been? Not Well, okay, by this point in time, because she's gone through some of her classes, I think uh, coming up in the chapter, it says three weeks. So Yeah. Three weeks. Somebody mentions that she's been gone for three weeks. Three weeks ago, yeah. Silver's word, he's a mortal godlike being. Now she realizes that they're not all godlike. Mm-hmm. She's possibly more powerful than they are. Mm-hmm. And they're not all bad people. Yeah. So her whole view is kind of changing and shifting. And yeah, she doesn't want to trust Maven, but he's also given her what she wants most. Mm-hmm. But is it too good to be true. Yeah. And at this point, it's not clear. It's possible that he just doesn't... I'm trying to find the right way to say what I want to say. It's possible that he doesn't really care about her. He just doesn't want to see her like she was. It's possible. I just think that it's in his best interest to try to keep her happy and keep her subdued. Probably. You know, yeah. the, the, if you can, if you can placate her with 
breadcrumbs, then why not do it? Like, what else is he going to do all day? But anyway. <laughs> Moving on. So we don't we don't know where exactly he's, or how exactly he's going to get her out of the palace. Mm-hmm. Where does he take her? So. Swole <laughs> Yeah. He takes her to Cal's room. The house of Swole. The fortress, fortress of Swolitude, if you will. I've been better. overruled. <laughs> so, uh, he takes her to Cal's room. And where she's definitely not supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, this is a hundred percent against the rules. But Cal's been in Mare's room before, so I feel like you know, they're just both breaking the rules. Right. It's it's definitely where she should not be, which is why she wants to be there. Right. Because <laughs> she's a seventeen year old girl. Yeah. Correct. But anyway, uh so it, after she gets there, it kind of hits Mare that Cal's been out of the palace before. He's actually been to the stilts before. Yeah. She met him there. Exactly. I don't know how she thought Maven was going to get her out. Like, just him alone. Right. I don't get, I guess. I mean, I don't even think she really knew what the whole idea was going to be, but I'm pretty sure she didn't think that it would involve Cal. Yeah. It takes them a little bit to kind of yeah, Cal convince Cal. Cal. Cal originally is just like, no, Cal it's not a good idea. doesn't want to do this. You can't right. do that. Right. Not because he Shut can't up, get Cal. her out, I don't think, <laughs> because he doesn't, it's just a bad idea to take mm-hmm. her out of the, it's not a good idea. Yeah, he knows how risky it is for him to be out. It's even riskier if he takes her. So Maven slides in with uh, a quote. He <laughs> says, we've taken everything from her brother. Surely we can give her this. He pulls the guilt card. Yeah. Come on, Maven. So, enchanting Mare and uh, comforting Cal into mm-hmm. doing what he wants all at the same time. Yeah. Because you know what his power is. Mm-hmm. His ability. Sorry, his ability. Julian made that really clear. The difference <laughs> between power and abilities. Ability. Yeah. Yeah, that's when Mare... Gets even is even more kind of convinced that he's just such a good person. Yeah, she does a full one eighty right. on Maven in this in, in this literal first page and a half. Yeah, he he offers to stay back at the palace. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not going to go with you, so you don't have to worry about you know two princes being mm-hmm. spotted. Blah 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 blah. Mayor, not back. thinking. Yeah. We cut back to Mayor, who's now wearing Maven's Letterman's jacket. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. She's oh, got yeah. I Love Maven written in curly cues on the back of her hand. <laughs> she throws her arms around him and gives him a hug. Yeah, she hugs him. My second note where it says, Mayor! Girl! <laughs> what is the matter with you? Like, five pages ago, honey. Five pages. I just don't get it. Yeah. But then, but then we get a laugh by uh, the author describing what Cal's room looks like, because it is definitely not your average teenage dude's room. No, it's exactly the opposite of what you'd normally think your average teenage dude's room would look like. He's got like a ton of books, right? Like, yeah, books but, everywhere. But they're not like smart people books. Yeah, they're like they're, books about war. Yeah, they're they're, they're war books. About, well, like, they're, strategizing. They're smart people books for people who need Are to worry about, about war. war. I guess, yeah. yeah. And uniforms. He's got uniforms and suits of armor yeah. and battle outfits and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Mare stops short for a second and is kind of like, mm, what has he done in some of these? Like, has he killed reds while wearing Boys. these outfits before? Because, of course, that's where her brain has to go. She just has to be a pessimist in all of them. There's a yeah. lot of, there's a lot of, Mare, girl, girl, in this chapter. <laughs> girl, what are you doing? Don't get it. I don't know. Teenage girl, I guess. But we do find out that Cal apparently only has one outfit for slumming it. It's the exact same one. Exact same thing that he was wearing when Mare met him in the stilts. Yeah. Why would you have more than one slum outfit? Because he's the prince. 
I mean, I mean, if he's if he's if he sneaks out like multiple times, like that when Mara met him, that was the first time he'd snuck out. He had done it before then. He's yeah. done it a lot. I'm Why sure. would he not have more than one outfit for that? I'm sure every time he comes back, he has the maids wash it for him because we all know that people who live in the slums wash their clothes every night. Right, exactly. <laughs> Got to make sure those are spotless, yeah. <laughs> squeaky clean. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys uh, pick up on the part where it said that? Even though Cal has access to healers, he still has scars and bruises. I did notice that. He asks yeah. them not to heal them. What do you think is up with that? Mm-hmm. I think he's like, this looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think he's, dig the scars. he's showing off. I, I think that's what it is as well. What do you think it is? You had something in mind. No, I really didn't. I That's I, honestly I, what I think. I, I mean, I think it's for him. It's I don't want to say it's like pompousness. I think it's more a badge of honor. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of thought maybe like it might be to make his dad proud of him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think he also sees it as silvers who cover up their scars or who just get them healed are like, they don't want to show that they've gotten scars because it's technically a weakness. Right. But let's say you're 20 years later. And Cal's been king for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And he's got all these scars that no one else does. He looks like a bad dude. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, he looks so cool. Right. And maybe he just doesn't want to forget. Maybe he doesn't mm-hmm. want to forget the battles he's been through. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. It was. It was really interesting. So we do finally get Cal to... Take her. Mm-hmm. One more thing. Uh, we get a reference to the language that they use. I think we talked about it last episode, but didn't think that there was a time where they actually referenced what it was called. There is. Oh, yeah. In this chapter, they call it the common language. Yeah. Right. I, but they don't. Mare doesn't say at this point that she doesn't understand it. Well, she understands. Uh, she understands common, which is the language that they use in Norda, but she didn't understand whatever language Julian's oh, books Julian's were in. Oh, Julian's books were in, right. Norda, the Lakelands, and Piedmont. Piedmont, Piedmont correct. Yeah. They use that common language. Yeah. What they call common language. And they plan out what they're going to tell the Barrows mm-hmm. when they get to the house. That Cal is a co-worker of hers mm-hmm. at the palace and that he came out with her because uh, he has this mode of transportation so she doesn't <laughs> have to walk from the palace to the stilts. What, what did you moment. think about, yeah, what did you guys think about this one? It's not as funny as the elevator, but it's pretty funny. So this is Mare's first encounter with the garage and it's, Almost as funny as... First encounter with a garage and a garage door. Oh, yeah, and a garage door. Quite specifically is what's really funny about it. She can't get... She can't wrap her mind around the fact that part of the wall is, like, sliding. Yeah, that it just slides away like it's no big deal. (laughs) It's so weird. And she instantly pegs the motorcycle as a death trap. Mm -hmm. She looks at it, she's like, nope. (laughs) Like you... Yep, pretty much. <laughs> but a lot quieter than most garage doors now, which is which is nice. Our garage door is so noisy. Yes, it's very noisy. But it helps us know when each member of the family is home from work. Correct. <laughs> it does help. But they they run down their story, mm-hmm. and Mare thinks to herself how easy it is for them to lie. Mm-hmm. Like, they just make up lies on the spot. Yeah. And it's so easy, like, they don't even feel any regret or guilt or remorse or anything. Yeah, they're just like, here's the lies we're going to tell. Yeah. So they hop on the swole cycle. (laughs) I thought you said you only had it in one place in your notes. Motor swole Nope, swole cycle. No, I only had swole cow specifically. (laughs) Just swole cow written (laughs) once in my notes. I just came up with the school cycle, like, just now. In my oh, head. of course you did. Yeah. You're welcome, America. <laughs> Don't 
don't mean to say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I noticed here too, little offside. Mare describes Cal's eyes as red gold. They're bronze. She describes them as that multiple times in the book. But red gold. It's just so weird. Like, yeah. is that because, like, does the red come in when he is, like, like, angry? like fired up, you know? Peak. It was what? very strange. They're, they're yeah. his angry eyes. <laughs> I, I don't have a response to that. <laughs> I shut her up. Yes. <laughs> Everyone congratulate me. Mrs. Potato Head packed his angry eyes. Just, just in case. case. <laughs> so, they take the swalter cycle. Just swole cycle. Okay. They get they get to the stilts, and then they park the swalter cycle, and they walk Walk to Mayor's house, but on the way, you're gonna die on that hill, aren't I you? Am. But on the way, they have a little bit of a conversation. And what is Mayor trying to find out? Well, she basically is like, you know, you sneak out to go drinking at bars and blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. so people can recognize you, and you know, you can go out and be the future king. Mm-hmm. But he kind of sets her in her place about why he goes out, and I actually thought this was really admirable of Cal. Mm-hmm. Well, he he says something, and then he kind of immediately turns around and makes an excuse that I don't really like. But we'll get to that in a minute. So, yeah. Merritt's just thinking he just goes out and drinks, just because he, he does things that he can't really do in the palace. He can right. kind of cut loose a little bit. Yeah. But that's not why he goes. Pick up chicks. <laughs> but he's got a whole speech that he gives. I don't do this for myself, he says. You have to understand, Mayor. I don't. I'm going to be king one day. I don't have the luxury of being selfish. And Mayor is like, I think the king is the one person that would have that luxury. And Cal says, a king should know his people. That's why I sneak out. I do it in the capital, too, and at the war front. I like to see how things really are in the kingdom instead of being told by advisors and diplomats. That's what a good king would do. So he says that, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's so nice. But then Mare's like, yeah, but what do you see? He says, I see a world on the edge of a blade. Without balance, it will fall. You don't know how precarious things are, how close this world is to falling back into ruin. My father does everything he can to keep us all safe, and so will I. And then Mare shuts him down a little bit. Yeah. Like, hands on him a little bit. Dramatic much there, Cal. (laughs) Mare is equally dramatic in her clapback. So, uh, Do you know what a clapback is, Cal? Because I do. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, So, Mare says, my world is already in ruin. Like, there's, you're, right. you're, you and your father aren't doing anything mm-hmm. to keep my people safe, to, but they're doing things to keep your people safe. Right. right. Like they don't doing, care about us. They're doing things to keep Silver safe. Yeah. They don't While even... just continuing to throw reds at the battlefront. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And then, here's the excuse that I don't really like. So, he says... Changing the world has costs, Mare. Many would die, Reds most of all, and in the end, there wouldn't be a victory. Not for you. You don't know the bigger picture. There's more of the excuse. Um, many Reds will die. How many? How many millions are dying right now at the? It literally the can't front. get any worse. Right. For nothing. A hundred years. Right. Nothing. And then, he, then he tries to basically gaslight her. And say that even if Norda, yeah, falls, I can read it. If you want me to. Yeah, because yeah. it's really good. The Lakelands, like us, are a monarchy. Nobles, the Silver Elites rule the rest, and the Piedmont Princes, our own allies, would never back a nation where Reds are equal. Prairie and Shraxis are the same. Even if Norda changed, the rest of the continent wouldn't let it last. We would be invaded, divided, torn apart. More war, more death. Which sounds really smart when you think about it, but you start really thinking about it and the excuse kind of unravels. It really does. It's like, so, 
eventually you're going to win this war, and then what? And then what? Right. You're going to raise Reds out of poverty? Yeah, because Mayor, you know, after after Cal says all of that, that basically the wars would never end, Mm -hmm. she is like, well, how do you know that? Mm -hmm. You know, she says, you never know where freedom will lead. So it's like, you know. Yeah, she, the world changed once. It can change again. Yeah, she's actually hopeful in this moment. Thinking one that... One of the very few times. One of the very few times. Series. Yeah, definitely the most hope we've seen out of her in a minute, you know. Mm-hmm. So she is kind of thinking, you know, if, if people can rally around a common cause, then maybe we can actually have peace in the world. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem like the Silvers have any intention of actually wanting any kind of peace. Right. Yeah, I think he's using that as an excuse to say, but I don't want things to change. I kind of like being on top. It's nice. Yeah. I mean, he's... Look at me. I'm literally built mentally and physically for war. What else am I going to do? Yeah. (laughs) End all the wars. Make myself literally worthless. Exactly. Cal isn't a diplomat in this family. No. Right, and they don't want they don't want the end of nobilities because they don't want to lose their stature Mm -hmm. and their status. Exactly. Yeah. So we finally roll up to the Barrow's house. I don't know. (laughs) I'm a terrible person. You really are, because this is such a bummer part. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. I mean, you're right. So, first, Cal is a little bit of a coward in this situation, but he makes a fair point. Um, He asks if he should stay uh, on the porch instead of actually going up and into the house because he doesn't want any of her brothers to recognize him. I don't think he's a coward because he's worried about himself because Cal could... Torch all of them if you really want to. True. I think it's more they'll recognize him and then they'll be asking Mayor, why is this? Right. Why I, is he with you? I think What's he up? Just, I think he just doesn't want her to have to deal with that part of just kind of. Right. But she doesn't, she's not having that. Mm-hmm. She's just like, nope, you're coming with me. I don't think any of my brothers will really know anything. Shade, Shade she would. thinks, would be the only one that would. Be but able he, to identify Cal, but, but he, he wouldn't, wouldn't say anything. Right, he's smart the only one to, smart enough to not bring it up. Right, she because knows. Because whatever you called the other two. Brothers? Yeah, something and numbnuts. Buford? Buford, Buford and numbnuts. Nuts. Yeah. There's, there's no way they'd recognize Cal. Right, because they're Buford, Buford and numbnuts. <laughs> you could literally make Bree and Tramy one character. It wouldn't change anything. Brainy. Yeah. Brainy. Yeah, right. Totally. This is my brother Brainy. <laughs> Tree. Tree. <laughs> anyway, we had our fun. Yeah. So Mayor, the the house is very small. Mm-hmm. Mayor can see that everybody is home mm-hmm. and sleeping. Except Shade. Except Shade, who must be out prowling for chicks. <laughs> Why not? The, the family wakes up. There's lots of yelling and screaming at first. Everybody's confused. They realize it's Mare. Mm-hmm. So they have this celebration. They're like, yeah. oh my god, you're back! Everybody's very excited. Mm-hmm. The, Mr. Barrow tells Mare that they their family won some sort of lottery. <laughs> and that's why all the brothers were sent home with honorable discharges and mm-hmm. full pensions. Yep. He doesn't believe it. Her mom does, though. Right. Her mom is totally into it. She's mm-hmm. like, yep, my boys are all basically war heroes. My the daughter is finally has, doing something for us for a change. Yeah, my daughter Mommy. has this great job. And Mare <laughs> is so kind of crushed in that moment. Like, my mom's finally proud of me, and it's because of a lie. Yeah. But she'll take what she can get at this point. Oh, yeah. Giza notices Cal mm-hmm. and is basically like, who's this swole boy right, over here? Who's this hunk of meat over here in the <laughs> corner? What's up with swole piece? 
So this is there's something really awkward here. Mare's mom seems kind of into Cal. Oh, it's creepy. It's it's real creepy. Hello. She, she, and he's like seventeen, right? Two. Two. Cal is he eighteen? Um. Yeah, he's like twenty. Yeah. Oh, is he? Cal. He's a few years older no, than Maven. That's so bad for him. His mom had to die, and then the king had to get remarried and everything mm-hmm. before Maven was born. That's so right. yeah. There's a bit of bit of a break there. There's a time gap there. But still creepy. Still creepy. Yeah. But Cal the Wonder Boy puts on an accent and tells the family that uh he's a traveling servant and mm-hmm. that he goes wherever the royal family goes. Mm-hmm. What is this accent that he puts on? A Harbor Bay accent. See when I hear the Harbor Bay accent, for some reason I'm thinking Boston I'm accent. I'm thinking totally. Boston. Yeah. yeah. Very I don't ask me to do a Boston accent. Do I need to do one? Well, the city that I drove through to get to... Right, the city I drove through to get to Acadia National Park over on the tip of Maine is called Bar Harbor, but if you're from anywhere around there, you don't pronounce any of those R's. Bahaba. So, yeah. Every time time he says Harbor Bay, all I can think of is Haba Haba Bay. Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Got on star in that car. Yeah. Hey Johnny, got a smart car. <laughs> okay, let's move on from the accents. We'll talk more about it later. Right, 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 right. Mayor's mom uh kind of puts a Debbie Downer on the little celebration by not wanting Mayor to be one of those people that travels mm-hmm. with the royal family. And Mayor realizes that it's just because she doesn't want to forget Mm-hmm. What Mare looks like. Yeah, she's kind of already forgetting like what her voice sounds like and what she looks like and what her touch feels like, and it's it's really sad for her. But Cal's all like, "Well, there's nothing. There's nothing strange here. <laughs> she just signed a one year contract as a servant. There's nothing weird going on here. Everything is fine. Nothing to see here. <laughs> we didn't make her here. sign a billion year contract to do- join our sea organization." <laughs> It's a, lot it's, a lot, it's a lot smoother than, than it sounds. We're going to get sued by some Scientology <laughs> lawyers for that. Okay, but Mayor's mom is being a major Debbie Downer mm-hmm. for a reason. Yeah. We find out Shade is not out in the village trying to pick up chicks. Yeah. So Giza actually is the only one that's brave enough to bring it up for some reason. Why is the youngest the only one that feels like she can bring it up. But Shade is dead. But how did he die? He was executed. For? They said desertion. So they said he was running, trying to run Mm -hmm. from the front. And his kappa was detated. He was decapitated? Yeah. Decapitated. Looking like a shot or what? Like did he shoot him in the head so well that it decapitated him? I'm confused, or was it not a gun that shot him? No, I I think he was like running, and they caught him and brought him back yeah. and decapitated. And then decapitated yeah. him. Decapitated wow! Him. It was like a it was like a planned execution type situation. It was very episode one of Game of Thrones, where the, Ned Stark brings out the long sword and decapitates mm-hmm. that dude for deserting the Night Watch. <laughs> Correct. Mayor does not think this is the case. She thinks mm-hmm. there's another reason that he was yeah. So decapitated. Go ahead. Stop making jokes. This is not the time. His kappa was detained. <laughs> Again, I can't stress that enough. You're a terrible human being. Anyway, so Mayor thinks that uh, he was actually killed because he was in the guard. He was part of the Scarlet Guard. From what she gleaned from the letter he sent, mm-hmm. yes. Right as the dog. Yeah, that whole thing. So she's very mad. She's really angry in this situation. So she starts kind of crying, and then what starts to happen? Her power kind of starts to take over. Mm -hmm. She can't really control herself. She starts getting a little little out of control, and her powers start doing stuff that she did not authorize. Like the light bulbs start exploding. Mm-hmm, that's a thing. And then, like, Kaloran is suddenly there. 
Was he there the whole time, or did he just like climb in a okay, window when I wasn't so he, paying attention? He to does this have chapter? a quote that says something about it. Uh, he kept an eye out to see if she would come back. So he he saw her coming into the stilts, and I guess followed her and okay. went to the house. And just walked in. He just, yeah, he just kind of walked in. Well, I mean, nobody noticed that Meryl walked in until she woke somebody up. Right, they were all sleeping mm-hmm. when he came in. Yeah. And it's like, sure, Kalorn, <laughs> you just happen to be there, keeping watch. Like, he's literally stalking the Barrow's house just, until Mare decides to yeah. come home. That's not obsessive or creepy. And there's like sparks dancing around her hands now, and everyone's mm-hmm. freaking out. So she can't, they can't lie their way out of this. There's no way they're going to be able to hide this one. And Kalorn's like all mad. Mm-hmm. Like, he thinks that it's the Silver's fault. Yeah, he's like, what do they do to you? The Silver's do this to you? He's all just... It has to be their fault. Right. It can't be you. Right. There's nothing wrong with you. You're perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, he's being kind of a kind of a butthead, honestly. Oh, a little bit. Yeah, 100%. Given the situation. And he, at first, he thinks that she's a Silver somehow. Like, you, you grew up with this girl. Yeah, know? basically, have I, is the person I've known my whole life a lie. How? And she offers to slice her arm open and prove that she bleeds red. So Gosh, it, that's what you gotta do in this world at this point. And at this point, she kind of tells them most of the truth. She doesn't tell them everything. She leaves out the Scarlet Guard. Yeah. Anything having to do with her knowing anything about the Scarlet Guard or Shade. Yeah. And the fact so, that she can okay, create electricity. She says, so I leave out the guard and Julian's findings. Yeah, right. so anything about the Scarlet Guard, what she knows about, what she knows, what what she at least thinks happened to Shane, and the fact that she can create electricity, because they don't need to know that. That's not important. She's not lying, she's just not telling. Correct. Right, but she does say that she will, like, by staying at the palace... They can help her with this ability. Mm-hmm. We can help her figure out what she needs to know. Yeah. Basically. And her, her mom is all super excited <laughs> and asks about what Maven is like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. And Mare's like. Puts Mare in a, it puts her in a really precarious position yeah. because she can't say anything bad about him, but she can't say anything overwhelmingly good about him because Cal is listening. And he's not leaving because he's really he's eager to hear what she has to say about his little brother. So and what does she say about all she says is Cal's brother. He's not what I expected. The most it's the answer that you give when you don't want to give an answer. It's kinda like Girl saying, thanks, pal. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Well, and I mean, what's she gonna what's she gonna say to her parents? Like, I can't mm-hmm. trust this guy exactly. that I'm supposed to marry. Or, I can't trust literally anybody there at exactly. all. Exactly. But she also can't say, you know, that he's really kind or that she's beginning to like him. Because that's not really true either. Exactly. So, you know, she's conflicted on how she feels about him herself, let alone how she's going to describe it to her family that she's trying to reassure about this new right. quote-unquote life decision that she's made. Right. Mm-hmm. So, that's very awkward for her. She doesn't enjoy that. Yeah. He's a calls it a gift and says that says that her job and this opportunity is a gift and not to waste it. I thought that was her mom. No, it was Giza. Okay. Her mom's all excited about it too, though, is she? Yeah. Yeah. So, then, Bree says something that just... Mare just really hates. He shouldn't have said it. He's so dumb. He's so dumb. (laughs) So, he says, he asks, you'll come back, won't you? You're a princess now. You get to make the rules. Only that was how it worked, buddy. 
Yeah, in her head, she said, I wish, but out loud, she said, I'll, I'll try. try. Because what's one more lie when she's already been lying to them mm-hmm. about almost everything yeah. else? One more lie can't hurt, right? Right. Mare, honey. Mare, girl! Girl! <laughs> what is the deal? What is wrong with you? Girl! Okay. Of course... She's also now, like, not wanting to pile any more crap onto her family. Yeah, she doesn't want to say anything about, like, I don't know if I can, or Plus, just, I'll try. Which gives yeah. them more hope than she should, but she doesn't want to give them no hope at all. Yeah, because they've all basically no. just grieved together over Shade dying. Mm-hmm. Which really sucks, by the way. I don't know if we highlighted that. It sucks. sucks. Like, we were all laughing, but it's it's sad. Well, yeah, I mean, Mare basically collapses on the floor when Mm -hmm. she finds out. And almost kills her family. Yeah. Which is real fun. Because she did everything she could to get them home, and he was executed before the declaration Mm -hmm. could get to the front where he was to send him home. before the release came. He wasn't even at the front, was he? He was in the back of the front. That way, when it's closing time, he beats the crowd out. Yeah. This time of dessert, he's one of the first ones out. And also a person with a decapitated face. Getting real mad. <laughs> so they, All right, let's talk about Will. The, well, <laughs> they, when they leave, though, let's have fun. on the way out, before they get to Will's, Cal apologizes to her. Mm-hmm. About Shade, he said he's sorry, he didn't know. And he seems yeah. genuine to me. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He doesn't seem like he really He does knew. seem very genuine. This whole trip, he seems very genuine, you know, like he's... Except for the excuse that he made. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, everything can't be perfect, but he's doing what he can to try to make her feel some sort of reassurance. Mm -hmm. He's being very kind in this chapter. Both both the brothers are in it. Concerns me. So she hopes that she's going to see Will when she stops by his wagon. Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe Farley. Yeah. I mean, she she's not hopeful that Farley's still going to be there, but she, she thinks maybe. She's a little hopeful. I'd like to see Farley. <laughs> Dad! <laughs> no, she says, as I suspected, Farley is gone. Yeah. She, she knew she wasn't going to be there. Not so close to the palace, like, right after all that stuff went down. Like, mm-hmm. Farley's going to be in deep hiding at this point. Yeah. But... She's ready to spill the beans to Will mm-hmm. and tell him everything. <laughs> and Will is basically like... Will is so casual about this. He's yeah. like, oh yeah, I know all that. Tea? Yeah. <laughs> like, what part of it did you not know, Mare? <laughs> and I don't, I mean, I don't know if Mare is just surprised that a red has seen silver TV. I mean... But... Anybody can walk basically into Somerton and see it on TV. Yeah, but I think they also... Played it in like higher, in like, I'm trying to, they would also play it in like better red neighborhoods. Because the Stilts is like a pretty, pretty poor village. So there were some other like red towns that they played it in, or that have reds in them that aren't just servants. And now we meet another new character. This is a real fun one, isn't yeah. it? Uh, so we meet Tristan, who is one of Farley's lieutenants. So the Scarlet Guard mm-hmm. yeah. has reemerged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I hate Tristan. <laughs> yeah, straight out of the gate, he calls Mayor Lady Titanos. Yeah, so, so he's he's like he's there to stir some stuff up. But but he's he he really hates it. Like he doesn't feel so mad. So mad. Sorry. Why are you so angry? Why are you so angry? Anyway. Yeah, because he's mad that he's like, you brought a silver prince here. He's all mad that Cal's out there. <laughs> like I'm gonna go out there. And, uh, I'm gonna go out there and kill me a silver prince. No, you're not. So when he says that. Mare jumps in front of the door and is like, nope. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, pretty much almost kills him. Yeah. And 
he's, he's well Tristan is like why would you bring him here don't you know yeah. that we could hold him for ransom basically and she goes to stop him from going outside mm-hmm. he's like why are you protecting him yeah so Mare's quote here is really funny she says I'm not protecting him I'm protecting you you stupid fool Cal is a soldier born and bred he could burn this whole village down if he really wanted to. Right, like, um, Cal could destroy you. Without even trying. Right. I don't care how many illegal weapons you have, it's not happening. And so then they're like, okay, that's great. Why are you here? <laughs> Why'd you come here? Why'd if you, you come don't have here? anything yeah. to say, please leave. And furthermore, why did he escort you here? Mm-hmm. So why is she there? Why did she go see Will for? So she went to see him because after, I guess it was what happened to Shade really drew over there. Um, she came to join the Scarlet Guard. And help take it down from the inside. Mm-hmm. What's Will's pearl of wisdom that he drops on her? It's very wise. He says... I hope you know what you're committing to. This isn't just my war or Farley's or the Scarlet Guards. It's yours until the very end. And not to avenge your brother, but to avenge us all. To fight for the ones before and to save the ones yet to come. That's deep. Real deep. Pretty deep. Not that she already hasn't been thinking that way anyway. Mm-hmm. Because... She is in this position where all of these people are telling her all of these things. You're going to be the symbol of hope and blah, 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 blah. But now this is somebody that she trusts, Mm -hmm. somebody that she's worked with before, an organization that aligns with her beliefs, you know, and basically she sees her new situation as an opportunity for the guard. Mm Mm-hmm. And to help out her people in a way that justifies, in her mind, the time that she's going to spend with the Silvers. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to enjoy it, but at least I can make it somewhat worth it if I do this. They have a cute little thing that you have to say to join their club. <laughs> Don't say it like that. <laughs> Don't discredit the Scarlet Guard that way. All right. They have to say the motto of the Scarlet mm-hmm. Guard, which is... We will rise red as the dawn. Yeah. Oh, none of you joined in with me. That would be cute. <laughs> oh, sorry. You want to try it again? <laughs> no. All right. Moment is passed. Moment is passed. It wouldn't be organic. So they all do the Scarlet Guard secret handshake, say we will rise as red as the dawn. Yeah. And she goes back out to meet Cal, mm-hmm. but already is... Like, in Scarlet Guard mode. Mm -hmm. She's like, that's my enemy. Mm -hmm. Right there. Target. Locked. Mm -hmm. But she's also like, what did I just get myself into? Like, did I really think about this? Like, Will said I should, like, five seconds before I did it. Of course not. Nope, she did not. Cal is kind of curious as to why they stopped there, but he doesn't really bring it up. His mm-hmm. mind is more focused on what happened inside the Barrow's house. Mm-hmm. And he's basically like, you are way too powerful to be just going through protocol mm-hmm. lessons and all that kind of stuff. You need to start training. combat training. So you we need to put you in training, yeah, girl. Because if not, you're going to kill somebody. <laughs> it's just a miracle she hasn't. It's actually a miracle she has, and I'm surprised one of the barrels didn't die during that whole situation. Then while they're having this conversation, Cal's like, someone's watching us. Someone's watching us. Someone's watching us. Thank you for picking me up. <laughs> and I got no privacy. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Karaoke with the Rockefellers. However, <laughs> that person that is watching... Is always Kalorn. <laughs> Literally always. You creepy he's, dude. He is creepy. So um, creepy. He's 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 stalking Mare. You know who he is? He's Back to the Future, Marty's dad. George when McFly. He, when he goes the back tree. into the past and yeah. George McFly in the tree. That's Kalorn. Yes. 
I know you guys won't get the reference, but I'm secretly hoping he's not stalking her like Joe from you on Netflix. Where he's basically like, if I can't have you, nobody can, and I'm going to kill all the people that cross you. you. Basically. I mean, he hasn't killed anyone yet. How long have we known? (laughs) But he's just... He's so angry at this point. Like, he was angry when he was at the house... And now he's even angrier. Mm-hmm. And he's basically like, you're going to go leave and be one of them? You know, how is this even mm-hmm. possible? And she's trying to reassure him and gives him the line again about how she's going to go through training and she's going to, you know, learn to get mm-hmm. all of this under control. She gives him a hug. Mm-hmm. Cal is not happy. Nope. Literally feels like somebody turned on a tanning bed. The heat just rolling off of Cal. Not because he's like hot, like good looking. He's like actually temperature human torch type. Right. Hot. Well, I mean, he's also hot, like good looking. He's hot on all levels, apparently. Mm-hmm. And Kalorn also says, You bargained to save me from conscription. You have a bad habit of trying to save me, which she does. Mary needs to stop because. If she keeps this up, she's going to get herself killed just so that Kalorn doesn't have to get a boo-boo. <laughs> Sorry, I had to put it like that. But. Right. Well, and that's that's Kalorn realizing it in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, it was you that saved me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. she basically, I mean, she doesn't really even say anything about it. She's just kind of like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. duh, that's what friends do. What? There's a flinch count. Oh, is there? Yep, we have some flinching. Mm. There was some muttering, too. I didn't get the actual count. Or did he go back and have a real count? It was murmuring earlier in the chapter. Mm. There was no muttering. Just, just murmuring. Doesn't Kalorn at this point also say that he's going to join the Scarlet Guard? And Basically, yes. He'll tell Farley that, that Mare says hello. hello. And Mare's like, uh... What? She's scared of Farley still at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, Farley's kind of scary. A little bit. Well, not only that, but she's afraid of what Kalorn is going to do now. You know, all of his anger is going to be focused at Silver's because he right. thinks that they've taken Mare. Right. Mm-hmm. He doesn't and, know, though. He thinks he's doing the right thing. Yeah, that's basically, True. that's where the chapter ends. That's literally where the chapter ends. The, the chapter ends with uh, Mare's realization of he's going to find Farley and he's going to join her. Yeah. I don't know why I said it's so creepy. Because Kalorn is creepy. He is. <laughs> he's super creepy. Just a little bit. He like probably has a shrine of Mare in his room or whatever. Yeah. Torn scraps of her clothing. It's like, dude. Walks of her hair. Why are you... Always just there. Right. The reason Cal knew he was there is he could faintly hear his iPod playing every breath you take. So Kalorn was listening to while he was watching. Yeah. Creepiest song ever. Love the police, but that song is creepy if you really listen. Oh, yeah. It's about a stalker. But anyway. Yeah, that's the end of the chapter right there. Anything else, I guess? So, yeah. Well, to break it down... Maven gives Mare what she wants. Mm-hmm. Comes off kind of look like a hero. Gets a hug out of it. Mm-hmm. Mare goes home. Mm-hmm. Tells everyone a lie. Then has to tell them mostly the truth. Mm-hmm. Then she joins the Scarlet Guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and also Shade's dead. Did we mention Shade's that's dead. a bummer? That's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that one a little bit, too. Because Shade, from what she's discussed, from what we know of her talking about them so far in the book was the one that she was closest to. Mm-hmm. As she far has, as her brothers. She has referred to him up until up at this point multiple times as her favorite brother. Right. He was her favorite. So that, not to say she would have trade Bree and Tramie for Shade. She might, I don't know. I'd have to ask Mary. She might. But like if one of them had, if one of them was going to die... The last one she would want would be Shade. Right. And if, if there's like a pecking order. This is, is So this is a big deal yeah. for, for her. Losing Shade, thinking she was getting him back. And, and then, then not. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's really hard on her. Especially since in her mind, 
it's directly related to the scar him being part of the Scarlet Guard and the Silvers killing mm-hmm. him because they found out. Because they found out, yeah. That's what she thinks. And he, she also kind of gets mad at Farley for that. She had like some anger for Farley specifically for letting Shade get killed. Yeah. Yeah. However, somebody found out, you know, whatever the deal was that got him busted. Mm-hmm. Right. So everybody's emotions are up at the end of this chapter. Mm-hmm. Lauren's emotions are up. Cal's emotions are up. Mare's emotions are up. Right. Like the beginning of the chapter, Mare's like, maybe it's not so bad. And then on the way there, she's like, you know, Cal might not be so bad. Maybe there's hope. And then at the end of the chapter, she's like, Silver's, I hate him again. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. She goes on an emotional roller coaster. Again, 17-year-old girl. Yep. They're going to be dramatic about anything, but when they've got something to be this dramatic about, they're going to be really dramatic about it. All right, anything else you guys want to talk about this week? Not that I can think of. Greg, you good? Yeah, I think I'm good. We've got everything covered. I know the next couple of chapters may be individual chapters like this one. Just chapter 14 is all we did, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're we're going so to keep doing individual yeah. chapters for at least the next two, maybe the next three. Yeah, lots to unpack here. So make sure everybody tunes back in next week as we cover Chapter 15 of Red mm-hmm. Queen. Don't forget you can contact us, shoot us an email at readingwiththerockefellers at gmail.com. You can interact with us on Instagram at readingwiththerockefellers.com on Twitter at Rockefeller Read, or you can go check out our blog at readingwiththerockefellers.com, and also all of our episodes are posted there as well, and you can see our beautiful faces. All right, thanks a lot, everybody. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye.